Uh, yeah, so do you want to do the, uh, the album? How did we phrase it? <laughs> Hell, I can't remember. Albums that make made you fall in love with music, something, something to that effect. Mm, or, yeah, albums that made you see music differently or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I, Things that deepened how you how you felt about music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like my my thinking because you know what I was thinking about is how when I was growing up, um, we pretty much only listened to like the popular country stations, mm -hmm. and um, like sometimes I'd get a reprieve from that because my mom liked classic rock, and so we'd listen to KZPS and. Uh, so, you know, I'd get these doses of like Journey and Tom Petty and stuff. But, you know, the overwhelming majority of the music I listened to growing up was, you know, Garth Brooks and Brooks and Dunn and George Strait and Reba McIntyre. And I'm, I'm not necessarily knocking any of them. Um, but, you know, I was kind of thinking about the albums that really expanded my view and really kind of made me get curious and fall in love with. Yeah. the idea of music a little bit more i guess yeah um, yeah because like on my my on my end it would it would probably be more not genre restricting but secular music restricting <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that you know uh i mean i definitely listened to non-secular music before i was like 12 i think that was like the breaking point for me um but because you, you know who can, can really control a teenager at the end of the day um, <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, I mean, my, my parents, you know, like I, I've said many times, like they, they love music too, in addition to, you know, their culture and lifestyle. And so, um, that's actually on my list. I, I just left it kind of open-ended actually, um, was this Motown mix, like cassette tape <laughs> that we had, like that was like, you know, in rotation, and 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 the, the early Beatles catalog was always in rotation, and that was about it, you know. And James Taylor, <clears throat> I think that'd probably be about it in my world. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's a little bit different, but similar similar blinders <laughs> on you know the potential or the 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 options of music. Um, and you know, with mine, there was a lot of morality things. It was a lot of like focus on the message, focus on um, cause basically what I realized about my family is my family has always really honored the input and output relationship. Like whatever you put in, you're going to possibly get out. And, uh, so yeah, so that was always the concept that like any of the music that was secular or whatever, it had a good message though. And that's what made it, you know, through the filter or whatever, which is obvious, whatever, but you know, just, I don't know. That was, that's that was, that's how I root. I mean, I grew up, man, where my siblings would rat each other out. <laughs> like, oh, you were listening to, to you know, I don't know. I don't even. I'm trying to remember like older, even like Jack FM or like whatever. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like, oh, you were listening to that. You if if you weren't if your dial was just off of the ninety four point nine like <laughs> uh, radio <laughs> dial, then like yeah, like one of my sisters would would say something or I would say something. As you know, that was just it. But um. I, and I've said this before and we've reviewed the album. Um, you know, for me, the white album was like possibly the biggest breaking point for me, like musically, <laughs> because it was a little bit different. Not just like, here's a new artist that does music differently. It was like, here's this artist that you've grown up with <laughs> that, you know, your parents have shown you like, you know, can't buy me or, 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 or um, 
um, Hard Day's Night and Help and stuff, which, you know, is very light. You know, it's funny and it's old school comedy. It's more vetted, more filtered, whatever. And um, to hear the White Album from that foundation was like, well, hold on. <laughs> it's like, they're, you're going all over the place. And this one song, they're just saying a number a bunch of times. Like, <laughs> the Revolution 9 is like, what is that? Like, there's so yeah. many things that were like, different genres or you know considered avant-garde now or then um and just a different way of thinking right um different way of orchestrating noise or sound and it was just not how i saw music and that was like my biggest breaking point um musically to start it all off because i've already said it but that just it really was it really is like truly right that um yeah that's funny so that's uh <laughs> So, uh, unsurprisingly, I'm sure, um, yeah, one of the one of the first albums and the first one that I can really kind of pin down a date on um, mm. that opened opened my eyes and my mind a little bit was was one that Beatles like compilation album. Oh, Do you remember that oh, one? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and again, I didn't really, um, you know, I, I, other than hearing you know, I want to hold your hand maybe every once in a while on, on KZPS. I didn't really, um, didn't really hear much of the Beatles and Mm. I I don't know who got me a copy of one. And by the way, it's, you know, my parents were not intentionally keeping me from anything. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, don't listen to classic rock because this whole like sex, drugs and rock and roll thing is bad for (laughs) you. Um, but I, I mean, it was just, you know, the only tastes that I knew existed were theirs. Um, so, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, it was an ignorance issue. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it really was right. I mean, oh, yeah, you know. absolutely. And that's what's so interesting about nowadays is nowadays right. you can tangent off like at any moment. I mean, <laughs> I just feel like with the accessibility of so much media and, I'll just say it's stupid free shit that like, I don't know, you could break off into any type of, you know, personality or like channel of um, musical nature or, or just being yourself, nat- individual nature that you want. I mean, back in the day, it was very like, I, I say that all the time that like, like back in the day, if you had a hard question, you would ask your immediate community, you would ask your, your best friend, you would ask your church and your close to friends and whatever but nowadays you just search on the internet it's like yeah. different totally impersonal or not as a personal and just there's a little it's just different relationship totally different relationship and it's the same thing with with media i mean music whatever it's seen yeah that, seeing that like you know it wasn't that they were trying to control it i mean with me they're definitely filtering it but it was just you could do that it was just you had to buy the media and bring it into your house like <laughs> that was yeah. that was the you know that was the protocol. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Not like that. <laughs> no, it's, it, it is funny though. You mentioned that I, I just had this like crazy memory of asking my parents about something and they were like, well, I don't know, check the encyclopedia. And I like went over to the bookshelf and grabbed the world <laughs> book down and flipped through until yeah. I found it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, so the Beatles one, I, I looked it up, it came out in 2000 and I probably got it for Christmas or my birthday or something. Mm. Um, I, th- I think my parents got it for me. Um, just cause I was, you know, again, I'd heard, I want to hold your hand or whatever. So many times I was like, yeah, I kind of like this with, you know, who's this, who are these guys? They're not too bad, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. uh, 
they got that in that that album is kind of organized chronologically so it starts off mm, with yeah. you know please please me and i want to hold your hand and that kind of thing and then it it ends with like the long and winding road and that kind of stuff and so you know you can if you picture just kind of a microcosm of the beatles career so you go from mop top pop to um you know the psychedelia stuff and then kind of move into the uh india mature. and post india phase <laughs> yeah the more mature composition stuff <laughs> yeah and it, it just blew my mind and that's that's when i was like man i got to i got to learn more about these guys and mm. uh, i actually did i <laughs> went home and opened the b world book uh to beatles and read about <laughs> them um you know, they had a couple of pages in the in the world book um yeah and wow. uh i don't by the way, I have no idea where those world books came from. I can remember like encyclopedia salesmen. Um, they were already kind of dying out, but I can remember like door to door encyclopedia salesmen and door to door vacuum yeah. salesmen, Kirby oh, yeah. vacuums. Um, <laughs> Get but um, yeah. And, and so, you know, but after that, I mean, I, I would save up money from, from chores and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, if my mom was taking my sister and me to town East mall, I'd run into, <laughs> run into Sam Goody and buy a Beatles album. Uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and you know, it, it's, it's pretty funny. And, uh, you know, I, I can remember getting Sergeant Peppers, um, uh, mm. probably within six months or so of, of getting one and, uh, you know, that's almost like never doing drugs. Then the first drug you do is like heroin or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I don't think I was quite ready for Sergeant Pepper when I first listened to it. Um, you know, just a little sitar heavy for for like an 11 or 12 year old kid who had never really been into it. Um, he was raised on country. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you know, you're you're used to, you know your baby leaving you and you're, you know, drinking with your friends and all that kind of stuff and going to the rodeo and all those good <laughs> things. And then you hear this kind of lilty fixing a hole. And then you hear Lucy in the sky with diamonds and you're going, wow, they covered an Elton John song, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that's how, that's how ignorant I was. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it just, and then the more, the more of it that I got, uh, you know, the more I got into it. Sorry, my dog was like scratching himself right behind me. He was sounded like Thumper from Bambi. Um, I don't know if you were picking that up, but uh, a nice, timely and topical reference, by the way, Thumper from Bambi. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of funny. That's that's the first time I can rem really remember having my mind blown was listening to that <laughs> Beatles, the, the one album. Though. The one album. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember, I remember when that album came out because I remember that 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 was my um, that was my soft opening to the like, entirety of the Beatles. Like my parents had been, you know, giving me little pieces and 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 playing what they had preferred, you know, over and over and and in and out. But then, um, <laughs> but then I remember the one came that one album came out, and I remember there was some Tony Hawk game I used to play. I don't, I'm trying to remember which one it was, um, but uh, but I would listen to that around the same time because there'd be times where I would switch off, you know, the turn the radio off from the game and, and just put something on. And um, 
and yeah, I remember hearing music that I hadn't heard before and thinking like, oh, wow, this is really cool. But it had not sparked my investigation yet. Like I had not like, there wasn't this part of me that was like, oh, what else did they do? I don't know. It was total ignorance. It was just like, music is just like, you know, this mystical thing that will just be, you know, put upon you at the right time. You know, And I'm sure maybe my upbringing had parts to do with that, with that mindset of like, well, It'll just hit you when it needs. It's supposed to. Um, but then I started realizing when when the White Album when they when they re released that. My dad got on CD and he was like, "Oh, well, you're 13 or whatever." You know, like you try that out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, listen to all of that and be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold on!" Like, and that was the first also awakening moment for me of an album, like realizing like a composition, like an artist isn't just like this one and done thing. Like they that the, they flow like their expression flows and they do multiple pieces of work that, you know, you can piece together to kind of get a better idea of who they are or just to enjoy it, you know, whatever it's up to you. Right. And, um, that was totally alien to me. I don't know why I was totally curated to and fine with it. You know, I was totally fine with being told what to listen to and what was the options. And that was it. But then finding a new option and then realizing that it was, you know, there was so much variety and, and diversity just underneath one artist title or name or producer or label, whatever, that just it just opened up a world to me um, and a new obsession of liner notes, a new obsession of uh, how the album is put together. There's all these things of just like trying to be informed, actually be educated so I can honor it properly because that was also a practice in my family was, you know, in Christianity was like, we're constantly practicing. We're constantly reading. We're constantly outreaching, uh, testifying, working on yourself. It was like life is a practice for the eternal reward, but life is a practice regardless. And so when I got a new piece of media that was just like, cause you know what I mean when I'm saying this, uh, I haven't said it yet, but, but when you get a new piece of media that like breathes life into you, for like a minute or like makes you think a little bit differently. Like it, it, it captures your curiosity. And I think I was so practiced and like making sure I honored and practiced the things that were like making me feel alive <laughs> that when music hit me that way, it, it really started to take over that, that, that part of my brain that was like the, the disciplined, but curious side, you know, and, and so I started, yeah, just like developing new formula or not no formulas, protocols for how to like listen to music, how to appreciate it, because I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything. Not because I did, I, there was, of course, that social side of me. that's like, oh, I don't want to be out of the group that doesn't know about so-and-so or whatever, but just, just to be a good observer, right? Like that was my mission, I think, was just being like an observant person in an, in a, in an effective way. So I understood. And the Beatles were definitely, um, the album like and 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 session stuff and and liner notes and that was the very first breakthrough for me i mean i remember opening that cd looking at the the little flip look the book the the little poster that came with it all of that it was just an experience you know something that truly i i know i might sound older or old the more and more i say it but truly the differentiator of like consumption right now because it wasn't consumption <laughs> i wasn't right. consuming it I was enjoying it and, 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 and embracing it and, and understanding their vision. It wasn't just, I wanted an app and I wanted something free and I wanted it now. It was an investment in time and physical movement, you know, and observation. And that was, a, it was just a, a game changer to me. 
And I think that can still be a game changer to people right now. I know I just went on a rant about modern consumption, but like, I think <laughs> appreciating art and music like this right now is still, you need it. Like if you really want to like, if you really want to appreciate it deeper, that's what it's going to take is to not, not take it for granted anymore and not, not just let it be free flowing and free all the time, invest in it in some way. And this was the, this is what taught me to do that. I guess it's my, is the title of that rant. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I completely get it. And, you know, so uh, listening to the Beatles one, consuming the, the Beatles one, um, that did open up and a bunch of new things. And, you know, I started talking to more people and like, Hey, I've just gotten into this, um, you know, this band from Northern England, they're called the Beatles. Have you heard of them? And also, do you have any other recommendations? And of course, everyone was like, yeah, dude, it's the, it's the Beatles. I know who the Beatles are. You know? John, Paul, George and Ringo, those guys, um, you know, and someone when I was in middle school, um, you know, seventh, eighth grade, whatever that was, you know, someone goes, well, Hey, if you like, if you like uh, the Beatles, you might like Pink Floyd. And I was like, oh, yeah, the We Don't Need No Education guys. Yeah, I like that one song. <laughs> and um, they said, no, man, go get you go get you a copy of Dark Side of the Moon. Um, and so I got a copy of Dark Side of the Moon. And, you know, I, um, I'll, I'll say this about Dark Side of the Moon. Okay, Sergeant Peppers, right? is argued by many people to be the best album that the Beatles ever had and possibly the best album ever made. Right. I think when you talk to Beatles people, I don't know any like hardcore Beatles fans who consider Sgt. Pepper the best album that the Beatles did. Um, right. And, I mean, I, you yeah, know, it's... Yeah, I mean, when you can compare it to their entire catalog, when you compare it to Abbey Road and compare it to the White Album, you start yeah. to realize I mean, that... When, when you compare it to its t placement in history, like, oh, yeah, it's it's like it's significant to music culture, like at that time, particularly oh, yeah. rock, you know, culture. But like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's what makes it a huge deal. And then when you realize, like, this was one of the first times that, you know, the artist took control and, and obsessed over what the album would be like for like six months, like not not just for like a, a shorter period, you know, of contracted work, but like extended studio time and thought you know yeah and for concept you know all for the stock for the sake of some kind of concept yeah and you know so so peppers that's definitely like that you know but if you if you listen to dark side of the moon and then listen to the rest of pink floyd's catalog you could make a pretty good argument that dark side of the moon is their best album i mean i, I don't necessarily oh, yeah, yeah. agree with that but you know i think I think relative to their entire catalog, Dark Side of the Moon is a stronger album for Pink Floyd than Sgt. Pepper's was for the Beatles. And, yeah. um, you know, Dark Side of the Moon holds up. I mean, it's it's one of, you know how you know how you get those really pretentious people like I just was talking about Sgt. Pepper's who were like, oh, you like Dark Side <laughs> of the Moon? That's I don't know. It's a little mainstream. Yeah, um, yeah. 
you know the most purchased album of all time (laughs) yeah i mean what did it it spent like eight years in the top 40 or something like their top 100 i mean it's unbelievable the records it's spent spent like 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 40 years and like yeah top like albums of all time like something like yeah and and if you listen to it i mean it holds up it's a beautiful album it's a great album and there's no weak point yeah it is an experience and you know You get why people our folks age smoked way too much weed, went and saw the laser shows when you listen to it, right? And um, I mean, that's why I, mean, I I have it on my list just because it was also it took my appreciation of an album and a concept um, album to another level because I was my little punk, you know, uh, individual opinionated self thinking like, oh, well, you know, all the music's already been made. It's, you know, he just hasn't found me yet or like whatever I was thinking. I don't know. And and when someone would say like, oh, you know, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, that's like a classic. Then I would like go to like and listen to like a couple of songs, you know, like Money and Time or like whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah, those are great. And then never appreciate the album as a whole. And then like, th- but then when I just got a little bit older and someone got on to me, I must have had someone that's like, you never listened to it like all the way through. Uh, and then I did. And then I realized like, oh, wow, that's a different kind of thing. Like that's a different kind of album culture or like nature to make music. Like the whole thing stands together. Like it's not just like a couple of great bits and then some other cool stuff in between. Like, and you just skip the tracks. It's like, it all links up and it transitions, you know, and it's like related to each other. Like how crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, it it really is. It's it's just it's just incredible, and that that opened me to all sorts of stuff. And and you know, I know Pink Floyd isn't really like progressive rock, prog rock in the same way that um, you know, like Peter Gabriel led Genesis and Yes and Emerson Lake and Palmer. And it's a, you know, I know that sure. Pink Floyd's not the same as them, but um, you know that Dark Side of the Moon opened me up to some of that. And, uh, you know, I listened to dark side of the moon and then not long after that, I, I got a Genesis album. I, I don't know which one it was, uh, lamb lays, lies down on Broadway, maybe or Foxtrot, but, um, you know, and it, it opened me up for that. Then it opened me up to more pink Floyd. And, you know, when you hear another brick in the wall on the radio, that doesn't do justice to the entire wall album. Yeah. Right. But, well, and that's another concept. Like that's the other, yeah. that's another thing that 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 proves that whether their style would you call it micro or macro concept it's like they they like to take that concept and expand it you know they do like that micro concept you know it's not just like a one cool little thing and we'll make it a song it's like let's think of a cool or like let's think of an idea a theme and then stretch it out it's like let's make it really fleshed out you know that's that's really what i don't know and not just about me, but like, that's what evolved music for me too, was them. Was there, their, um, I mean, any artist that takes on a concept album that always inspires me, like, because that, that that's such, a, that's so much work. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so much coordination to make the whole damn thing like run, you know, congruent and like really, really vibing off of each track's nature. Like it, it the, either, either by the writing or the theme or the the sonic like whatever nature of it like it if you can make it feel like it's all part of one of another like those albums do you know like what like like what's another one like what's going on or um 
I'm like, yeah, Sergeant Pepper is like, I mean, that is one of the pinnacle examples. It's just, it that that's just so damn impressive to me. Like anytime someone pulls that off, you know, like Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar, that's like in his last few albums. Like they're always like a concept. And it's just like, that's, it's so incredible. Like it's so much work. I mean, like his last one, like Mr. Morale, it's so um, dense and so heavy and it's so complicated, but it feels like you're in a therapy session with him, which is like, that's kind of like the whole theme of the whole album, you know? And like, it's just amazing. Like, because the internet, like it, there's just so many pieces out there that like, man, that, that's what puts it on a different shelf for me on the upper shelf <laughs> is it took an idea and just like, it let it leak into every bit of it. It wasn't just like, this is a, a cool little thought. And it's like, let's take this interesting thought and make everything that touches it as interesting and uh and coordinate it all like it's just man that's like the height of like work for music or making an album you know is making it all just like not just flow together but tell a story all together and like yeah, yeah. that that pink floyd like the, those those two albums alone are just like yeah it just makes you think 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 about music as a medium you know differently yeah and um you know, after after I got into Pink Floyd, um, one thing that I realized is that a lot of the music that I was getting into was these British artists, and mm. um, I have nothing against the British. I'm, I mean, I joke about them because I'm American and we're better than they are in every way, but um, I, other than that, I really have nothing against the British. Um, but you know, I, I did want to, and by the way, sorry to the British out there. I don't actually think that we're better in every single way. Um, but you know, I, I was looking for some sort of American equal. I was like, you know, did, did anyone from America ever do things this well? Um, mm. and, um, I had a cousin give me a copy of pet sounds on on cd and uh that was that was that was falling in love all over again because i i had these pretty crazy couple of years where um you know it was all beatles and pink floyd was kind of me getting into it a little bit you know and and sure, the, yeah. you know and the the related stuff you know zeppelin i got into zeppelin at the time and um, Eric Clapton, I went through a huge Eric Clapton phase. Um, but you know, pet sounds, it was just falling in love all over again because it was so, I mean, it's a beautiful album and I had heard, wouldn't it be nice before? Um, sure. yeah. but you know, the album musically, it is, it's beautifully arranged lyrically. It's unbelievably poetic in, in certain times. I mean, and plus, you know, when you're a teenager and you hear, I just wasn't made for these times, you know, I don't care how stoic a teenager you are. You're going to be like, yeah, man, that's me. No one else knows. How I feel. <laughs> um, and you're always wrong, by the way, to any teenagers feeling that you are always 100% wrong, but, <laughs> but you have to feel that as a teenager, you have to, yeah. you know, that's your first, that's really your angst. first. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's your first experience trying to like be your own person. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. That you know, so I, I get why you feel that way. It's, I'm just telling you, you're wrong. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so Pet Sounds was another one of those. And I just, I fell head over mm -hmm. heels and I started really listening to um, the Beach Boys a lot more and, and consuming information about Brian Wilson, who, 
Mm-hmm. You know, the every he's and I know we've talked about this before, but he's he's like the Tony Gwynn of music, right? Like to, for for those of you who don't know, Tony Gwynn was a baseball player, played for the Padres, widely regarded as one of the best hitters of all time. Yeah. Um, and every statistic you hear about Tony Gwynn sounds made up. You know, it's it's like, oh, yeah, for four straight seasons between 1988 and 1991, um, he only he only had an 0-2 count three times. And you're like, no, there's no way that's right. And then you turn out that it's right. I, that's not a real statistic. Or it might be. I don't know. It's Tony Gwynn. It could be. But, uh, <laughs> but that's what Brian Wilson is like, right? Everything you read about Brian Wilson is like, oh, yeah, he played every every note on every instrument on every track of this album and also produced it and recorded it here and here and here and here and here. And he could hear the weird tinny sound off of these acoustics. And you're like, there's no way. And then you listen to the album. You're like, oh, okay, I guess it might be right. Um, <laughs> and that, um, you know, so that was another thing that just it, that, that is what made me appreciate the human labor that goes mm-hmm. into Mm-hmm. an album like that a lot more. I mean, you know, yeah. you always kind of get it, right? You see the guys playing instruments, you hear the voices and you know that yeah. someone had to write the song, but thinking about the actual like toil that goes into all of the stuff other than playing the instruments is just absolutely insane. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that's, well, that's what pet sounds did for me. And it, that kind of reignited a whole bunch of stuff getting, you know, even revisiting albums that I already loved, but looking at them from a different angle. And that, I think that's yeah. really the thing that Pet Sounds did for me the most is I could go back and look at those Beatles albums and those Floyd albums and stuff again and think more about the work that went into it. And you get this yeah. brand new um, this brand new level of appreciation that you didn't know was possible before. And I think that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Well, and you know, that, that's, that, um, that's one thing that, you know, just because of my age and, and what I grew up around, like that, that's what game, game video games did for me a lot. Um, you know, like, like guitar hero and rock band taught me, um, different types of music, but it also taught me to appreciate the musicianship and the accuracy and the position of certain things. Um, other games like that just had curated out, uh, soundtracks or whatever or playlists whatever like tony hawk or dave mira and stuff like that that taught me different ranges of music and and stuff that would be considered exciting or popular but in a different way you know like not i don't want to say like in an underground way but in a a less familiar way or less like channeled like profitable way like this was just they put it in the game because they thought it fit the vibe or whatever and like that's different that's different than putting a song in a game to make money you know and um and then the same thing for rock band and guitar hero and all those games is that when i would play those games it wouldn't just be like i want to play the songs that i like of course that's where you start Uh, that is human that that is the most human thing that you'll ever do is i want to do the things that i know (laughs) and so that's where i started and it was great and you know and then when beatles rock band came out i felt you know just in my element but those games also taught me to appreciate new people and also to understand why other people that i (laughs) I would hear all the time uh, uh why i should give them um um, time why I should observe them and, and be more respectful like Jimi Hendrix you know like, like playing those games and 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 knowing like 
uh, you know, like, oh, Hendrix is like, you know, the guitar god or like whatever. But then playing those games and then playing like Purple Haze or The Wind Cries Mary or whatever. And like being challenged by it, not even really playing it, but playing it in a softened version and still being challenged sparked my curiosity to realize like I don't know as much as this person as like I'm a little too comfortable feeling you know it's like you know my dad would be like oh you know yeah he's got some great albums and like I couldn't list you one and so I remember listening to um are you experienced and and yeah just being like very blown away by like the the musicianship but just like the 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 nature of it just like how it how what how it made you feel how it made you what what it, the themes of it what he made you think about um and the same thing in the in the line of like what's going on and and uh, who's next you know by the who uh, which all those albums were released within like five years of each other but like that that's where i was like when i was younger i it was almost like i i respected my parents so much that i didn't feel like my generation had the answers that's not what i was in i didn't have this ego mind where i was like well they, that's old shit like I, in my mind, my, I respected my merit, my parents so much that I, I wanted to make sure that I understood the things that they were, you know, telling me. So I wanted to understand the references. So I, I, I mean, that was my life, man. I was always into like stuff that was 30, 40 years before my time, just so I would understand it. So I could appreciate now even more. And, um, and I would, that was one of the biggest things that I did because of public libraries and stuff like that. My dad also getting an iPod classic around the same time, um, that he was also revisiting those things and confirming what was a masterpiece. What was the, the pinnacle of punk rock at this time? What was the pinnacle of Motown at this time? Like all these things that you want to have an opinion on, but you got to practice it to really know it, you know? And, and he was finally doing it. He was stretching his legs and then me being a teenager and also for the first time, even trying to walk in that sense, it was perfect timing. So there would be times where he would, he would, you know, have CDs in the house and, and I would hear, you know, Aretha, Aretha Franklin or the Supremes or like a, an album or someone that I was familiar with. But now I have a, an insight. I have actual real uh, reference knowledge and experience to actually say like, oh, I understand what they're what their art was like or what their, their style was like. And, um, yeah, I mean, just cause my dad, those albums were the ones that were like really turning up those new thoughts of like, Oh wow. Like that's what music could be, you know? Um, um, and then when I got, you know, like, like Ziggy Stardust, I mean that, that, that I think it was just this last week. Um, it was the 50th anniversary, um, shout out. And, um, man, I mean that like blew my mind. Like I remember when my dad, showed me just Starman and 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 the reason why he showed me Starman was because Ziggy Stardust I think was on Guitar Hero 1 or 2 it was on one of those and I was like singing it I was like singing like the like the the chorus or whatever and he's like you know that song and I was like oh yeah Ziggy Stardust like where are you at dad do you know that song and he's like oh <laughs> hold on and he's like do you, have you heard the album I'm like no I just know the song because of Guitar Hero and then like man just blowing my mind with the whole album and that album still blows my mind every time I hear it and um just yeah I, I, all that to say like man video games I now know I've given this shout out multiple times in my my show but video games have been a huge catalyst for me to learn and appreciate I know our thing was albums but like it led me to a lot of major albums that impacted, you know, how I um, absorb music, how I appreciate it and really digest it. And um, 
you know, not just in the sake of like a one-off song or a single, but, you know, more in the idea of a, of a put together composition, um, and a full production. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of other, but you know, there's other albums from the seventies I want to list off, but I didn't, I didn't incorporate them until later on. Like I'm, I've been kind of going in chronological order here, um, for my individual experience. Cause like, I don't know, you, you can talk, I've been talking for a minute because <laughs> once I get into high school, it like totally changes from here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, so there's a, a few more I wanted to highlight. I, I started making this list and you know, you were probably the same way, but I, I mean, I, I use a, a little, like a steno book mm, um, oh yeah. to make my <laughs> notes for this. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, I, I had both columns like completely full and I'm like, okay, well, if you, if you just have like 50 albums that completely takes the wind out of the sails of the ones who really meant more than the you rest of something. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I flooded the market, um, and brought down the value. Um, but you know, so, you know, there's a couple more I wanted to mention for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. one, one we've talked about before, um, and that is the album Time Out by the Dave Brubeck Quartet. And mm. um, before before I listened to that album, uh, I had almost no exposure to jazz. Um, mm. I had a friend, uh, shout out to Stephen Nonis, good friend of mine, still a good friend of mine. He used to listen to NPR and KNTU, the University of North Texas radio um, and, uh, I would ride with him to school on occasion. And that was about the only exposure to jazz I got is when KNTU would play, you know, Miles Davis or whatever. Um, yeah. but my freshman year of college, I took a music appreciation class cause I was already kind of an audiophile and wanted to learn more. Mm. And, um, the professor who I think is still at Texas state and his name is Morris Nelms. Um, he looks like a little Santa Claus gnome, but has a great voice and can play the piano and guitar and a million other things. Um, one of our, one of our assignments was he had a list of like, you know, 30 or 40 CDs or albums that you could go check out from the Texas state music library. And you were just supposed to, you know, a typical like hippy dippy college class. It's like, listen to this and write about how it makes you feel, um, you know, <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, I went up, I, I actually did not want to get the Dave Brubeck album. There was a different album on there. That was a Joni Mitchell album that I recognized kind of, hmm. uh, but someone had already gotten that. And, uh, so I just, the next one listed, I said, Oh, well, how about time out by the Dave Brubeck quartet? And they're like, yeah, okay. Um, and that blew my mind. I mean, that opened all jazz for me. Um, hmm. and you know, it's, it's kind of an intro. Well, it's a great album. It's an interesting album in that it's not really experimental stuff like you would get later with Miles Davis and like Bitches Brew and that kind of stuff. It, it mm -hmm. wasn't as intense as like Charlie Parker um, or even Sonny Rollins, you know, but it is in every song is in a weird time signature. That's where the title comes from. Time out. Every song mm -hmm. is in a weird time uh, signature you realize that it is just the four guys making it. it's the Dave Brubeck quartet. So there really are just four of them. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, there are good hooks and good melodies. The, some songs take unexpected turns because it's jazz and some don't, but that, I mean, it, it just, it blew my mind. And it, that was like, 
you know, the way I phrased it once and the way I, I like to phrase it is it was like living in a house for years and there's one door in the house where you really never think about it. It's, you know, you just assume it's a storage closet or something. Mm, yeah. And then one day you finally open that door and it's like a whole separate room with all sorts of interesting stuff to do. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's like thinking, it's like thinking it's a supply closet and you open it up and it's actually a man cave with a kegerator and, 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 you know, a pool table and yeah, you yeah. know, all this crazy stuff. And it, that's what jazz was. It was like, mm. I can't believe I've made it this long without knowing that this existed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, from, from time out, I, I got into Miles Davis. I got kind of blue. It is, I mean, which is another one of those albums that, you know, I'm sure some jazz purists are like, it's the, that's the kids table, Miles Davis. And maybe it is. I don't know <laughs> what I know is I enjoy it. It's a great album. So piss off. But, uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, so that I definitely wanted to give a shout out to, uh, to the Dave Brubeck quartet and time out. Mm. And, uh, I do have a couple more, but figure I'll pass it back on to you since it's been about four and a half minutes of me now. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a good one. Yeah. Cause like my, it's hard for me to pinpoint my like interest in jazz because it was like, I never had someone until I started learning music, like really hardcore in the last few years. Um, that was like giving me like strong reference to like, Oh, then you need to learn this. Oh, you haven't heard that. Then you need to listen to this. Besides that, it was just like whatever it would eke in, like some bossa nova stuff from, I mean, this is random stuff. I mean, I, I had also, I, when I started building a jazz list or playlist, like I think it was last year, a couple of years ago, I started realizing like how random the sources and ideas that, you know, it had stemmed my creation of that playlist. It was like, wow, I got I really didn't have any like foundations in it. I just really gravitated towards certain sounds or whatever. But um, man, for, you know, one, one thing that really, I think changes anyone's ear, you know, is, is, is either being welcomed into or just joining a, a new community and, um, a phase of that in human life that I think most majority of people go through is changing schools. And, you know, when I, when I started high school, um, you know, I had my, my group of friends and we would talk about the music we listened to and what was popular. Um, and that didn't really change me a lot. Uh, but what changed me was when I went into media tech class, um, which was the start of, you know, my audio video production journey and yada, yada. Um, and, and in that class, you had to be paired with someone. You had to have a partner. You didn't just have your desk. You had a, a two-person, almost cubicle kind of workspace. And I didn't know anyone in that class. That class, you interviewed to get in it. And, like, rarely did you have, like, a friend in it. So, like... When you got in there, like everyone in there was ideally taking it seriously. And and I was partnered with a, a, a guy, his name was Greg, um, who is phenomenal. Um, great communicator and a great facilitator um, because he was a senior and I was a sophomore. And uh, I, I told him, like, you know, that's what I listen to. But, like, I'm here to learn. Like, when I, when I went to that class, like, I told them, like, I'm not here to like flex myself. <laughs> I'm I'm here to be worked out. <laughs> and, 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 and he, he took that. I don't know. I, I just really respect him and appreciate him. Um, don't know if they'll ever hear this, but you know, he was very, he was himself right off the bat. He didn't hide things from me. And he was like, well, this is what I listen to. And, 
and you know, and, and we would listen to Wale, we would listen to Kanye, we would listen to, um, I mean, all sorts of different stuff. And then different people in the in the class would would in, influence me or impress upon me what they thought was the shit, <laughs> what they thought was like the stuff that you have to be listening to. And there was so many different methods of listening. There was the people that took it seriously because it was a part of their their group, you know, culture, their their friend culture or whatever. And like that, that is what you sported to feel like a part of it. There's other people that like, yeah, that's a cool, you know, beat and whatever, but like this song is written better. And there was people who took, took it to a different level. Um, and, and man, I mean, that was just such an exciting time for me because I had always respected hip hop and R and B and, and all that stuff because I've always respected music. Anyone who has the, the notion to make it and articulate, like I'm impressed. I respect that. But, you know, my parents taught me to be careful about what you let into yourself. So I would be aware of it and impressed by it, but I never practiced it and never, never, you know, really intertwined it into my, you know, musical life. And, and when I first took that first year, man, it, it, it really made me, um, reappreciate all that music I had, I had been around and exposed to through the video games, through like Tony, cause that's a huge Tony Hawk fan, man. I mean all the time and like those other games like Dave Mirror and stuff like they always had like those curated playlists and so I started to like actually do real research on like these people that like I realized that I liked like you know like Pete Rock and CL Smooth and listening to like Mech and the Soul Brother and just being like whoa like blown away and 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 then listening to like Black on Both Sides by my most deaf and and just like man like that album is just like so potent and just like amazing lyricists he's an amazing lyricist and, 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 and a storyteller. And there's just so much charisma and like, I don't know, just like from hip hop to like love and like Umi says and mathematics. And it's just like, I just remember listening to that album and just being like, what the hell is this thing? Like who, who can make music this good? Like, it's just like, it, it was just so impressive. Um, and, and I, I was just, I, I was just elated, man, um, to, to have, to have a new ignorance to shine on <laughs> you know because I, I i i hate feeling too secure in myself uh, i realize that as a someone in my late 20s but that's what i was thinking at that time you know forever ago was thinking like i don't want to be like just who i think i am like i want to be aware of like how other people have flexed out their in, in uh, identities and and i want to be put to the test so i can figure out who i am and musically, I wanted my ear to be equipped to, um, of course, be careful. That that was my whole life was being careful and 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 you know and 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 being morally um, um, balanced. But now it was almost like I was at that point that I didn't need certain structures to know I was that way. I knew I was that way, and so I don't need that anymore. I don't need to be a part of this to know I'm a good person. I should be a good person. I should be able to interact with this media and be able to discern if it's going to affect me or not and to move on or to embrace it. And that, that, that was the beginnings of that. And, um, all those albums, I just gave a shout out. I mean, those, those were teaching lessons to me, um, like graduation and, and, uh, in fact, I think my beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out that year. I think it came out in 2010. And that was another album that really churned up complexity and, and a different form of music appreciation to see, you know, a hip hop artist, you know, Kanye West work with, you know, Bonavere and Jay-Z and, and RZA and just like all these different people, but like to make such a composition. And then there was a movie, there was a short film that came out with it. Um, 
that just I, I I don't know it it just it took expression to another level. It made me see music not just as something to consume, but like a catalyst to express and and to do hard work, you know, in a different way. And um, I don't know to get a different kind of payout, you know, I don't know to your soul almost. Like it's just it's so different. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and payout to your soul is a great segue. Um, <clears throat> Because uh, one that, and I, I'm not, I'm kind of sort of going chronologically in my life, but not really. Um, mm. So one thing that uh, held immensely with me, um, I had, um, we we had the Forrest Gump soundtrack. <laughs> mm. And the Forrest Gump soundtrack is a great soundtrack, by the way. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, especially if you love, uh, you know, thinking about Nam, you can listen to Fortunate <laughs> Son really loud. Um, some free bird while you're doing yeah. some <laughs> But um, I, I can't remember if Respect by Aretha Franklin is on there or not, but I, I associate it with the Forrest Gump soundtrack because there was... That that was just that was one of the things that was in a lot at one of my friends' houses is and you know mm. his dad had the fancy like five CD changer so you could oh, put stuff yeah. in and you know <laughs> um, but I wanted to get into Aretha Franklin and for whatever reason I thought Respect was on the Forrest Gump soundtrack if it's not I you know then obviously I'm wrong but um, but. I wanted to, I, I loved the song respect and I was like, well, I got to hear more of this. And, um, I believe, I think it was from the Rockwall library. They had this, uh, they had this collection that was just called the queen of soul. And it was this, oh, yeah. I mean, there's probably like a hundred tracks, Aretha Franklin tracks. Um, <laughs> it's, it's four or five, it was four or five CDs. I've got it on my phone. I don't know why I didn't take the 30 seconds it would have taken to check that. But, uh, <laughs> but I had, I had the queen of soul. I, I burned them all. So I still had them. This was pre iTunes, uh, <laughs> you know, um, and listening to that queen of soul compilation, it was a little bit like listening to the Beatles one. I mean, you know, it was just, it's not like it was one album. It's not like it was, you know, whatever. It's not like it was an Aretha Franklin album. It was, it was anthological. And, um, but it really got me into that because I, I mean, uh, and by the way, I hope everyone's sitting down, super hot take coming, but Aretha Franklin has a great voice. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and Aretha Franklin, I, I mean, she has one of the all time great voices, right? I mean, it oh, yeah. is so soulful and so smooth and so effortless. I mean, you know, it's, it's just not fair <laughs> that, <laughs> that someone can be that soulful and that passionate and look like they're not even trying. Um, <laughs> and obviously is, I mean, you know, she, she worked very hard as, as any woman in the entertainment industry and especially a black woman back then had to work, you know, at least twice as hard as anyone else to, to get half the success. And so, yeah. um, and not that I knew that when I was 11 years old, I wasn't sitting there, <laughs> you know, talking about racial or, or gender inequality or whatever, but, um, you know, but, but yeah, now looking respect, back, right? I could be like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, that Aretha Franklin opened the door to, 
um, more female driven music, which again, mm-hmm. outside of what I heard on the country stations, um, was not something that I was used to a lot. Yeah. And, um, you know, it probably, and I don't want to get too, you know, Freudian here or anything, but it probably explains why I have soft spots for groups like the Go-Go's and the Bangles and Missing Persons <laughs> and, and, you know, Heart, you know, these other bands that are female driven, female lead singers. Um, although I do hate Jefferson Airplane, so suck on that, oh. Grace Slick. Um, <laughs> I like Hot Tuna, they, but the, you know that was well, like that was like, like Jefferson uh, Airplane while Grace Slick was in rehab or jail or whatever. So uh, <laughs> you, you don't like was it White Rabbit or no? I just no. I I don't know. Like I I didn't like the entire concept of Alice in Wonderland as much as a lot of other people did. Um, <laughs> but hmm. um, you know, it's and I want to you know want somebody to love just. Uh, just grates on my skull, but that's okay. Um, I get why people like Jefferson airplane. I just don't like Jefferson airplane, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that Aretha Franklin thing, I mean, it, it not only in, in the, you know, then on the other part of it, it, it also opened me up to more Motown. So, um, mm-hmm. in addition to female led things, I got into Motown things and sometimes there was some overlap, right? You know, Diana Ross and, and Martha Reeves and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, also the the Temptations and, and Marvin Gaye and and the Mirror Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, um, I, you know, I loved all of that, and that I really have to credit that that strange Aretha Franklin anthology type album <laughs> that I'm sure I checked out from the Rockwall Library, you know, twenty plus years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that's something. And then one last one that I'll throw out just because, and it's, it's a little bit esoteric, but whatever. But, um, one other album I wanted to mention was actually a soundtrack and it is the mm. soundtrack to the life aquatic with Steve Zissou, the Wes Anderson oh, yeah. movie. And, uh, you probably know that this being kind of a media guy and a Bowie fan, but you know, that soundtrack is, is just a bunch of Bowie songs sung in Portuguese by a guy named Seu George. Um, yeah. And, yeah I was trying uh, to, I'm, I'm looking up right now. There's, there's one of those tracks I actually really like, but keep going. I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah. I mean, they're all good. I mean, his, his covers of life on Mars and of Starman and changes. Yeah, I, I mean, Starman. They're, they're, I can't remember yeah. which one it is. There's, there's one that I like, I really like. I, I mean, I love that album. And the main thing that that album taught me is that I don't really have to understand the words to enjoy the song. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it helps. But, you know, I always wondered how like these Europeans um, from, from non-English speaking European countries, uh, you know, I would see these these things. It was like, uh, you know, people who only make music in English doing tours in in Italy and France and and, um, you know, other, other parts of the world, Russia, you know, other parts of the world where yeah. they don't speak English natively. And, uh, you know, then you realize, okay, well, first off, they mostly do speak English, but also <laughs> like, you know, there's something about music that can sometimes transcend the language barrier. Oh yeah. Um, and that was, uh, that, that life aquatic soundtrack, it really kind of got me into stuff. And I mean, I, I still listen to it a lot. Um, I, I don't speak a word of Portuguese. I mean, I can say <laughs> Boa Noche and I can order a Caparina at a, you know, a Brazilian restaurant, but, um, <laughs> but, um, 
but yeah, and, and and now I mean I I listen to music that's made in Spanish and French and that kind of thing, and I, some of the yeah. Spanish I can get, some of the French I can get, um, which is weird then that I can't get any of the Portuguese, but because uh, it's basically just a marriage <laughs> of Spanish and French. But um, but yeah, so I did want to give a quick shout out to the Life Aquatic soundtrack because that's something that opened my mm. opened my taste to non English things, and uh, yeah. I always do appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Yeah, well, and you. I just re-added that because I, I totally forgot about that, about the, oh shit, whoops. Um, I totally forgot about the, um, that there were Bowie songs in Portuguese. Uh, oh yeah. yeah that, I'm pretty sure it's the Starman one. Uh, when I was in college, I used to listen to that all the time. That's Rebel crazy. Rebel is really good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. I haven't thought about that in forever. Yeah. You know, the, the only other things I'd kind of written down as like major, um, pivotal like moments of me taking music a little more seriously through like album experiences um you know just keeping it there um i i have been keeping it pretty like chronological for the most part but like i guess th this first one i'll i'll, I'll kind of carry off where i was before kind of in that hip-hop vein um and then finish it off with kind of some more recent but you know in the last seven years um or so, um, no further than that. It's the last 10 years. For the last 10 years, I, I have been like an avid, you know, hip hop listener. And I, I, I know there's some people that like you, you want to call them a hip hop head unless like they eat, breathe and slept the stuff. Um, but, you know, I would always listen to an album, you know, start to finish, at least if someone gave it to me or if I knew it was someone that I knew someone that appreciated them, like it didn't matter. Um, whether you're talking about like 21 Savage or, or Kendrick or J Cole or like whatever, if I had someone that tried to turn me on to them, I would always give them an honest listen. Um, and one thing that at least this is, this is my perspective on it through my experience. And, and I guess how, how it's been curated towards me is like for the last 10 years, man, I really appreciated how raw open and personal a lot of these hip hop compositions and productions have really become. You know, I mean, like Kendrick is is one of the the biggest ones. You know, J Cole. I mean, you talk about um, Jay Z's four forty four and Beyonce's Lemonade. I mean, like that was like a, an experience, <laughs> um, an extremely you know raw storytelling but personal reflection type of thing. And you have other stuff like Flower Boy um, from from Tyler Creator. Uh, I don't know. There's just there's just been an insight or like all all the the, the last few projects from like Kanye too. Um, but there's just been such a, um, or like Denzel Curry, like that, that is a current one for me that has been so inspiring. Denzel Curry's per current album. Um, oh my God. It's like melt your eyes to see, or like something like that. I, I can't recall it, but I have been addicted to that album. Uh, and it, and it's because it's so personal. It's because it's so reflective, you know? Um, and it's, it's just been amazing to, to see that. Um, because like, I mean, to me, like when I was getting the hip hop, like I love the, 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 the commentary and the personal commentary and social commentary, you know, cause I mean, like I said, I leaned into people like common and, and most deaf and stuff like that. But like, I also love the big production. I also love the hard hitting beats and, you know, and like sometimes that stuff was, was separate and like, man, like I, it's just like this last decade has just been like some of the craziest stuff, man. That has been so 
so expressive and put in, I'm, I'm sure there has been things released that have put things in the words and moments and experiences in the words and, 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 and uh, an audio experience that, that people would, it would be very far hard for them to explain. And now you've put it into a, a musical, you know, venture, a musical, um, experience. And, and, and so all these albums I've listed, every single one of them I've listed, it's always been a, um, man, it's been a log in the fire. I'll put it that way. It's like every time I'm like, I'm still turned up. I'm still, I'm still on fire for like this type of expression or art form or whatever. All those have just been kept, you know, kept me in it. Um, and then beyond that, um, this is the other topic uh, that I, I, I'll throw out there uh, or, or tangent to this thought is, is when I got a little bit older, um, I guess it was really around the year I got married, you know, I think you do a lot of thinking <laughs> introspection. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and you start to recap what you've done, plan what the future is supposed to be about plan, what you hope it's for. And then you find the reality in between. And at that, at those times it was weird. You know, there's a lot of weird stresses. There's a lot of weird, um, victories, um, and at that time, I started to re reflect on music and use music um, in a very like genuine way. Like I wanted to only use the music that was going to feed me in this way that like I was trying to be fed and um, medicinally, basically. It's like I'm not going to listen to music that's going to like stress me out. You know, being very careful about like tempos and like just just moods. But then I also got really into like. I really got, this is kind of a full circle. Here we go back to the Beatles. I got really into like all things must pass Ram and imagine in that same year. Like I had never been super hard into those albums. And then that one year I got glued to them. I mean, absolutely cemented and, and in the obsessive sense, not in the like, that's, those are great. There's some great tracks in there. You know, it's like, everybody should know that album. And like, no, 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 not <laughs> passive like that. I, I'm talking almost religious to where like, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read the lyrics. I want to know who is involved. And it was just, it like, I mean, Ram especially is like such a Ram and all things must pass or such an experience, like definitely different experiences. Like all things must pass is such a like spiritual, like, like, I don't know, like you, it really makes you think and look at a lot of different things. Right. But then Ram is very like, here's kind of like domestic everyday life and here's how to appreciate it. <laughs> like, I don't know. Or, or it feels like a mode of appreciation about that kind of domestic life. And then imagine is like, life's fucking crazy. And, <laughs> and, and, and there's a lot of things going on. And like, sometimes you're going to be a punk and sometimes people will be a punk to you. But you know what? It just, you know, this is how I see it. And it, and I don't know what it was, but like during that year, that's just like the one little thing I, I just written down. Like those three albums, like I, I, it was almost like I was maturing as an individual. And so I went back to my moment of musical maturing and, and wanted to take it another level. And it was like, let's dissect the solo albums. And then just realizing like, wow, there was so much there. And it, and it fed me even more to make me want more out of music you know? And, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I've learned so many lessons through the show and interacting with, with, with career musicians and people that eat and breathe this stuff, but sticking to albums, you know, like 
that was a, a mature moment for me, I guess, um, as an individual and musically to like reintroduce that thought. Cause there was a minute there where I was not thinking of music the same way and was a little more mm, frivolous with it. Just kind of just you know, using it when I wanted and apps, you know, streaming and having it accessible at any time, I'm sure mess with me like it did anybody else. Um, but at that moment, that was 2018. That was a, it was a, that, that woke me back up. That was a, you know, and then it was through those albums, you know, and then the show has been a phenomenal, you know, catalyst to keep it up. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting way. And especially because I was familiar with these people, but it's like, oh, let's see them mature one more level while I'm doing it too. You know, it was a weird tandem thing to do, but that was real. <laughs> yeah. I, the last thing I wanted to say uh, in response to that, just because that's, I, I think that's very well said. And I think it's, uh, I think that is more universally applicable than you might think. And um, mm -hmm. I, I had a, professor of a very i mean a, a guy that i still talk to sometimes i had a professor in college and uh shout out to dr batista at texas a&m um <laughs> but uh you know one thing dr by the way his i, I when i talk to him his he's always like please call me paul i'm like nope no you're always dr <laughs> batista um <laughs> but uh you know, he, he said one time that you're never too old to have an intellectual growth spurt. And, um, mm. oh, you know, yeah. I, right. I mean, you know, physically we all start to decay and, and mentally we do some as well. But, you know, the difference is there's only so much you can do to prevent your body from decaying. Um, but your mind, you're, you can always learn something new. Um, and yeah. of course the, you know, there's awfulness in the world that takes away from that when you get older, hopefully when you get older. Um, but uh, you know, your mind stays more pliable for a much longer time. And it's, it's, it's good to get intellectually curious about things later in life. I mean, it, I think that's yeah. probably what keeps you going and it, you know, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, my, my dad, who has been a horticulturist growing plants, you know, for almost 40 years now, um, a few years ago, he started growing something new that he had never grown before. And he bought all these books on it and started reading and just kind of feeding that. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. related to what he was doing anyway, but it was something that he had never had any experience growing yeah. before. And before anyone sends you emails, no, it was not weed. This is Texas. We can't do that legally yet. But um, <laughs> that is what people tend to ask, though. But, but you know, it was, um, it was just neat to see someone get that intellectually curious and excited about something. I, I think yeah. that um, it strikes everyone differently. I think that music is a great catalyst for it. And I think you're never too old to develop a new taste or to um, to have that curiosity, but more importantly, to satiate that curiosity by learning as much as you can about it. So, um, yeah. I think that was very well said. And I think that is, I think that is some sort of universal truth, although I don't think I'm smart enough to articulate it very well, but, um, <laughs> but I well, do, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's, I think it's good to learn that kind of stuff. And, and it's, it's, fantastic especially when something as accessible as music can be the thing that gets you there yeah oh absolutely and and i think allowing a season for that growth is 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 necessary and i think the more you practice 
you know, because like there's that concept, I think nowadays that people maybe don't know how to evolve in because things are changing so rapidly nowadays. But when someone says show up every day, it doesn't mean you're showing up 100 percent every day on something. It's like sometimes it just means you're thinking about it. And then when it comes to like music and growing, because I'll just keep it in that form. When it comes to growing your idea of music or whatever, it's like that doesn't mean that every day you're doing research and trying to figure out who is related to who and how the sound came to be and all that stuff. It's like the fact that you're putting some time into it, it'll eke it forward. And then when it's time to complicate it and roll out the new season, it's like that, that's what makes it easier. It's like, it's like, it's like, that's what, that's the difference between being lucky and being prepared. Or that is what being lucky is. It's just being prepared at the right time. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and when it comes to, to expanding on anything, it's like, you're, you're going to have a season of hard headedness where you're like, I got it. I know what this is. And then you'll get over it. Then you'll get over yourself eventually. And then you'll try and complicate it. <laughs> yeah. But that's just life, you know? And and I think music is a weird one sometimes because it 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 is. It just you know, just making and learning music is also hard because you're 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 emoting. Like, and if you do it wrong, it's gonna hit you wrong and you're gonna hate it. <laughs> and 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 you wanna take music so personally and sharing it so personally because it's playing it literally is playing you just like the instrument that got played to play the music. Like the music is playing you. And if you if you're not being careful, it's like it, it you know, you might be too prideful about it. You might be too defensive about what you're you know, how you're growing yourself. And um yeah, I don't know. It's just be encouraged that, that there isn't a famine mentality, that all the songs haven't been written, all the ideas haven't been had. And and if they have, then um you need to go find them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly man. right. <laughs> but yeah, this is a fun one. It was cool trying to pinpoint some of these moments of influence or, you know, shift and and thinking and stuff in regards to albums and stuff like that but yeah yeah I agree a lot of fun yeah now I gotta pee really bad (laughs) (laughs) 